Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Success for me looks like obedience to the Lord. If I am listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying what He has prompted me to do, um, then the outcome is His. And so every day that does look different uh, with the stranger on the street or the, you know, whatever person that is next to me in that moment, whether it's a store clerk or the person at the post office or the person at the gas pump beside me. Um, But in regards to my family, I want them to feel special and I want them to feel seen. Every single encounter, could we make somebody feel like they're the most important person in the room? So that would be success to me. In a culture where value is placed on grand displays of power and influence, it's easy to get caught up in the comparison trap that creates an enormous pressure to do more, try harder, or go big or go home. Constant striving for greatness and abundance can disrupt our peace, happiness, and confidence. Like many women, our guest today, Rachel Adams, questioned her worth, which she based on her contributions as a wife, a mother, and a child of God. She writes about this in her new book, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life. Today on Connections, Rachel will share some of her life stories, some practical action steps to discover confidence in your life, encouraging prayers that express gratitude, and some biblical examples of people whose lives seemed insignificant but were powerful in accomplishing God's plan. We're joined today by Rachel Adams. She is an author and a podcaster, has a great book that is out of devotional. But first, we want to get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you became involved in ministry, writing, and podcasting. I am a small-town Kentucky girl, born and raised. I met my husband, Brian, the very first day of college, and we've been married for 16 years, together for 20 And together we have two children, Will and Kate, which we named before the royal couple uh, (laughs) together. Um, So Will is 13 and Kate is 11. So both middle schoolers. And so while they're at school, uh, I I write and I podcast. But when they are home uh, and busy taking care of of my family, you know, doing homework, running errands, making meals, attending attending ball games, attending church and, and just doing all those those ordinary everyday things that so many of us do. What is it like to do all of that for the parents out there? Or no, I shouldn't even say parents out there because most of us know what that's like. But for those out there who don't understand what that is like to, you know, have your own little career on the side, but also raise children. What is that like? It's a balance. It, it is. You know, I think that there's mom guilt and maybe dad guilt is, is a real thing when you when you are wanting to chase after a dream and and work towards something and, and of course, even just financially provide for your family. For those of you that, that you, you need to work, right, to, to provide for your, your home and um, the things that you need in life. And so to balance those things, uh, to give them both equal amount of attention, it is tricky. Uh, so I, most of my time, I, when my, my family is away, I try to just devote that time to my writing and my podcasting. But when they are home, I really want to be not just physically present, but emotionally and mentally present for for them as well. That's really important to me because I feel like in ministry, I won't be successful publicly if I'm not uh, successful, so to speak. I'm doing air quotes for that um, (laughs) in my private life first. What does success look like to you then? Uh, A lot of people think like accolades, promotions, lots of money, right? Um, for you, what's success look like as a parent and in ministry? 
That is a great question. Uh, Success for me looks like obedience to the Lord. If I am listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying what he has prompted me to do, um, then the outcome is his. And so every day that does look different uh, with the stranger on the street or the, you know, whatever person that is next to me in that moment, whether it's a store clerk or the person at the post office or the person at the gas pump beside me. Um, But in regards to my family, I want them to feel special and I want them to feel seen. And, you know, I actually I want that for every person that I come into contact. I actually just had a book launch party yesterday and a woman messaged me after the fact and she said, thank you for for letting me feel like I'm your best friend. She said, I know I'm not your best friend because I I barely know you. (laughs) But she said, you made me feel that way. And I, that still evokes so much emotion in me, even as I'm talking to you today, because I thought, wouldn't that be the goal um, for me in, in my life and maybe for all of us to make people feel that loved? Every single encounter, could we make somebody feel like they're the most important person in the room? So that would be success to me. You write about this in a book, that, that book that you released. It's a little goes a long way how God uses the simple and ordinary for his extraordinary purposes. Tell us why you decided to talk about this in a book. It, it, it really stemmed from my own search for significance. I, I, I live a very, again, my, my life, I, I do the same things pretty much most every day. You know, there's those special encounters that we have, but I I wake up, I brew my cup of coffee, I I read my Bible, I take my dogs on a walk, I throw in a load of laundry and making beds and packing lunches and, you know, all the things that we, so many of us do on a daily basis, answering uh, phone calls and and responding to emails and whatever we may be doing. And we go to bed and then we do the same thing over again. And then we go to bed and we do the same thing again. And so it can feel monotonous and it can feel routine and it can, you can start to wonder, does my simple everyday ordinary life does it make a big difference? But yet we want it to. And you think, well, I'm here, but I'm doubting my own contributions and doubting my value. And I was struggling with that tension. And I started to to notice it in my family and in my friends, um, especially a, a lot of the uh, my elderly friends who aren't raising families, who are retired, who think, gosh, what, what does my life matter now? And so I really wanted to speak into that. And so I, I started just to search my own heart and my, my own mind. But then I also just went to God's word and like, God, what do you say about this? And the more I researched, I started to realize and, and find that a, a significant life is actually much simpler than we think. And I think the disconnect happens is, is in our culture, we're being taught that bigger is better. And that while big things are great, and I'd never want to demonize big things, I also don't want us to discount the small things in the small ways that God is working to. Uh, I know in your book, you give some biblical examples. Uh, I would like some, please, (laughs) because I think we all struggle with those feelings of insignificance, right? If we don't have power or status or whatever. Um, But yeah, there's lots of people in the Bible, I suppose, that God used who are pretty ordinary. Yeah, everybody, I think, that God used is ordinary. And I think we're even tempted to read the Bible in a way that we look at the big moments of those people um, David, for example, he, he, con- he conquered kingdoms. He was a king. You know, he was a larger than life character, but he also spent days shepherding sheep in the field and playing his harp uh, and, and, and sweat with sweat from his brow fighting battles. But then he had the sling and the stone, a small stone and 
a, a sling and he defeated Goliath. And so he's one example. There's a small boy who gives his fish and his loaves. There's a widow who had just a little bit of oil that God multiplied. And so I think that the key is, is, is that I have found is no matter what we have, the talents, the treasures, the, the gifts, the resources, whatever we may have, to me, we just give that over to the God, like, God, this is what I have. And, and will you multiply it? You use it for your kingdom and, and for your glory. And uh, I know I have found that he's done that in my life as he has done in, in the characters of the Bible as well. How do we get past these insecurities when it comes to success? And like you said, you know, we don't want to demonize the big. We want to put a spotlight still on the small. But how do we get over those insecurities of feeling like any of what we do is success or something extraordinary? I think when you insecurity and because it's something that I've battled with my entire life, not feeling like I, I, I'm adequate um, and I have started to find that it, that's actually a focus on myself, what I am doing. And the way that I have uh, shifted that narrative in my mind is I'm, I'm finding my confidence in the Lord. You know, if we really think about the, we have inherent significance because God created us in his image. And if the God of the universe, he, he doesn't make mistakes. He is a creator. <laughs> and so if he created me, and he looked upon creation and he said it was very good without them even doing anything, Adam and Eve, then I think he looks upon us all the same way. And so there's this, this aspect of inherent significance that we already have and, and having confidence in the Lord. It's him working in and through us. And so we are just get to partner with him. And I think that that gives us so much more freedom and it takes the pressure off of us to perform and strive and do all the things um, and, 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 and we just trust that he's going to use it. We, we do the best we can. We plant those seeds and then we watch God make it grow. I, I love a part of your book. Like you, you talk about that, like planting seeds, a little conversation with others and how important and impactful that can actually be with, you know, a simple conversation, right? Right. I mean, you all, you have conversations every single day, right? <laughs> you know, our words, <laughs> our words have the power, something as, as small as our tongues, right? They can, they can, they can build people up or they can tear people down just within a word. I know words spoken over me, even as a child, um, good or bad have still stuck with me. And it, it, it can start with a simple hello. You think about how we first initially, even how I met my husband, you know, under an oak tree at the first day of college, had he not said hello, the whole trajectory of my life would be very different. So you really, I, that excites me on such a, on, on such a level. There's so much hope in that to think, could the next encounter, you never know what God is going to do with that. So just start with hello and then start to ask some questions and maybe extend an invitation. And then you can look back later and say, gosh, I, God, I'm so glad um, that I did that because now it's, it's, could the next encounter, could you lead somebody to the Lord? Could it become your, your spouse? Could it become your new best friend? Could, um, and actually I even had a, just a conversation with a man named Hal Donaldson, who had a conversation as a journalist with Mother Teresa. Um, and it started the Convoy of Hope. And it was literally mm -hmm. just a conversation where she said, what are you doing to help the poor? And wow. he and he said, really nothing. And so she said, well, everybody can do something. And then now he has a, a nonprofit that's 
given $2 billion of food around the, the world to, to the poor. And so that's just another example. That was one simple conversation that now has impacted millions um, as a result. And so what can God do through our little conversations? They're not so little when you think of it in that regard. I also met my wife on the first day of college. I walked into the wrong room on orientation day. <laughs> I saw her, I stayed, and I actually switched my major, which led to over a decade in ministry now. So there you go. Wow. It wasn't the wrong room after all. Right? Exactly, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's great about what both of you just said there, it's kind of like an action plan. And what's great about your book is that you include this action plan and you also include prayer in each one of your readings. Why did you decide to do that? I love the practical nature of it, the the application. You know, it's one thing. I, I want us to not just be hearers of God word, God's word, but doers of God's word, right? Um, so I, every, in every devotion, there's a, a, a story of my own life or somebody else's life. There's a biblical story. And then to your point, there is a little task. And so this is just to put these things into practice too. So if you're reading that devotion for the day, just to kind of be mindful of it, um, so one, for example, one day would be a little letter goes a long way. So that day that the little task is pray about somebody to write a little note of encouragement to even a, maybe a, a text, something really small. Um, but that's that's the task to be um, to do that day. And I never want to get give people more to do necessarily because we are all so busy. So it's not about doing more necessarily. It's just about valuing and paying attention to the little that we're probably already doing. And then prayer. Prayer is just so important. Gosh, a, a little prayer can even go a long way. We see that through scripture as well. And so I always want to just ground ourselves apart from the Lord. Uh, none of this really matters. You know, it, it, when we have his love and his significance and, and him filling us up first, then we actually have something value to give. We should really pay attention to those little promptings. I feel like got like the little things like reaching out to somebody quickly, it's so easy to do, but I feel myself at least, I always put them off, right? But you never know when that little note, text message, whatever is really going to make a big difference in somebody's life. Yeah, we, we don't really know what people are struggling with internally. You know, we're all carrying something. We're all carrying some kind of of need or sorrow or, or burden. And so, yeah, there's even a devotion in there about a, an, a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. I don't know any time somebody has reached out to call or, or, or text or email and given me a word of encouragement that I didn't appreciate it. I don't know about you all, but it's, <laughs> it's, I, I'll take all the words of affirmation all day long. Um, just to, you know, we don't know when they're about to quit, when they're feeling discouraged. And so just reach out, listen to the prompting. It really only probably takes 20 seconds, right? To just right. reach out. When you have that thought, do it and just see what God, God can do through it. In the middle of your book, you talk about interruptions and not getting annoyed with them, but paying attention to them instead, right? Tell us a yes. little bit about that and why that's so important. This one is hard for me. And I think maybe for a lot of people, we, we have our timelines, we have our schedules and, and so many times we're, we're busy getting from point A to point B and we want to get our to-do list tackled instead. And so making room for people over projects can be a challenge, um, especially for me. And, but I, I think that God sometimes will bring those divine appointments and those divine interruptions, so to speak, into your life. And so to pay attention to those as well. 
Um, I, I actually, in that devotion, I tell a story about where I was on a deadline and I was at a coffee shop and I was tempted to just put my headphones in and just ignore the person walking by. But they ended up sitting down, telling me their story, crying. We connected. Um, and in that moment, I was so glad that I that I didn't put my headphones in and I shut my laptop uh, to pay attention to the person in front of me. It is unbelievable the beauty that can come out of that when you take that time to listen, when you when you actually pay attention like your book says, a little goes a long way. Well, and I would say the same thing of even in our homes. You know, I can be busy trying to make dinner and throw laundry, uh, some laundry in and, and do my tasks when my daughter says, Mom, will you just come sit with me? Mom, you've not given me a hug today. You know, here I'm thinking I'm, I'm doing, I'm loving her well by preparing her dinner when she really just wants to, to sit and talk. And so I think just to be mindful of, of your surroundings and the people and the needs uh, right in front of you, because they're everywhere, no matter where you are. What I really love about this is you're talking about a little goes a long way, 52 days to a significant life. In the grand scheme of things, 52 days is a little of our life, right? 52 <laughs> days, but it could make a big difference in not only our own spiritual lives, but who knows how many others as well. There's such a ripple effect, isn't there? And, and, and it's a contagious nature. You know, when somebody smiles at us and or gives us a word of encouragement or prays for us or whatever it may be, then we're so tempted to then just, or you even witness somebody else doing that. Um, and so then we're tempted to do that. And you just, I, I'm so excited to think about what could happen if, if this becomes more of a, a rhythm and a nature and you don't just stop at the 52 days, that this is a, a continuous nature and that, um, I, I, I don't know. I think that there's just such hope in that. And so, yeah, I, I hope that it does go beyond just the 52 days. And I think more than anything, people are already living a significant life. They just don't realize it. And that's really what I, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit misleading. You, you are significant already. And so I just want people to realize how important the work that they are, are already doing is. It's a good reminder. And for those who want to be reminded, how can they go about picking up your book, learning more about you and learning about your podcast? It is the book, uh, A Little Goes a Long Way, 52 Days to a Significant Life is available anywhere books are sold online. And uh, you can find more about me on social media at Rachel Adams Author. And then my website is rachelkadams.com. And you can find all the information about the podcast, which you can listen to anywhere podcasts are listened to. Um, I have a Love Offering blog series and um, some free resources as well on my um, on my website. I'd love to connect because I, again, I believe every, every encounter and every interaction can go a long way. So I'd love to connect with, with anybody listening. Thank you so much for making time for us. Thank you so much for making time for me. I, I appreciate um, what you all are doing. And this little conversation has gone a long way in, in my heart as well. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.